You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. We've got another great episode for you today. We're going to be reviewing the new Netflix film, Marriage Story, which is getting tons of buzz right now with all the awards nominations and the Golden Globes and all that stuff. Um, But before we dive into our episode, just want to remind everyone to follow us on our social media channels. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ScreenersCast. And we would love to hear from you. Any opinions, strong, small, if you hate us or you love us, please let us know. We would love to start a conversation with you if you think we are brilliant or if you think we're stupid, let us know. Yeah. So before we dive into our review of Marriage Story, the Golden Globe nominations were released this week, as well as the SAG Awards. Um, And Daniel is our in-house award season expert. He's written an article on the Golden Globe nomination. So Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of these nominations and snubs and all that good dramatic stuff? Yes, yes, we're we're right in the in the thick of award season. It's really otherwise known as Daniel's happy place. <laughs> oh, come on now, come on. So, uh, yeah, so the seventy seventh Golden Globe nominations came out on Monday, and then the Screen Actors Guild Award nominations came out today. We're recording this on Wednesday, December eleventh. So we we've got a lot of awards stuff to talk about. We definitely want to focus on the Globes today. I wrote an article for for Next Best Picture covering the snubs and surprises and all that stuff on Monday morning, so you can kind of go check that out. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk through some of the Globe nominations. So um, there, there weren't a huge number of surprises. Uh, it, it was there were definitely some snubs to talk about, but really it's just kind of the season taking shape now. So um, let me go ahead and read read just our our best motion picture uh, drama and musical or comedy nominees, and then and then we can kind of kind of talk about it. Over on the drama side for best motion picture, we have uh, 1917, The Irishman, Joker. Marriage Story and the Two Popes. If you were looking for snubs, you could you could find uh, Ford v Ferrari didn't make it in, or Little Women didn't make it. Bombshell neighborhood. Bombshell. Yep, absolutely. Bombshell's not over there. I'm um, really surprised that Ford v Ferrari didn't make it in, especially with the Hollywood Foreign Press. That seems like a film that may get their attention, but well, uh, I haven't seen the Two Popes. Have you seen it, Daniel? Did you enjoy that film? Is that yeah, yeah, is that so worthy I've of a nomination? You think? I think so. Yeah, I've seen I've seen every I'm trying to think here or trying to look over this list. I, I think I've seen every nominated film. Yes, I've seen all but two nominated films. That would be Cats. Well, which, why don't you just brag, Daniel? Just brag a little <laughs> bit that's more. Fine. Cats I haven't seen, which I'll see next week. And then Where'd You Go, Bernadette? The surprise uh, Kate Blanchett nomination uh, yeah. in the musical comedy side. I haven't seen those two, but everything else I've seen. So yeah, The Two Popes. It's good. It's good. Um, I really, really enjoy it. I maybe just saying it's good. So it's great. It, it is great. It's a great movie. Oh, great. Um, I really enjoy it. It's definitely lighter than I expected. Um, it still has some good emotional weight uh, to it, but it's funny uh, a, a little bit for being a conversation between two popes. But uh, but yeah, it's good. I, I would say I prefer Ford v. Ferrari and Little Women more, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely prefer those. Or even uh, you know Richard Jewell or Bombshell. I definitely prefer prefer all of those okay. to uh to the two popes but but it's still very good it's a very very good movie for sure i, I don't begrudge this nomination at all well i like to begrudge the hollywood foreign press as much <laughs> as possible fair. so but there's still so you time. said 
you said you were surprised to see the lack of love for Ford v Ferrari. I, I would say I agree to a certain extent. Um, Ford v Ferrari is actually uh, like Christian Bale getting in. He got in for uh, best actor drama. Uh, that was actually a surprise. Ford v Ferrari, as much as it's made some good money, it's kind of kept a low profile as the season's gotten started. And people, it's kind of dropped out of a lot of people's predictions for things. But after it got in today, uh, it got in at Golden Globes and Christian Bale got in at SAG as well. So, you know, it might be more, more appreciated than, than a lot of us predictors thought. So, so mm. it could be, it could be in for some, some bigger awards, yeah. uh, which would help our awards season game for sure. Yep. So that's kind of the drama side. I mean, there's more we can talk about, but let me, let me uh, jump over to the musical or comedy side. And our nominees are Dolomite is my name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Rocketman. So some of the snubs there, would be things like uh, Booksmart, Late Night. I mean, there's really not a, a lot of snubs on this side in terms of uh, picture. Hustlers is one uh, that, that could have broken in. But yeah, so not not a lot of snubs in that category to, to really speak of. Um, that's a strong category. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, and Netflix, you know, so that's three best film across these two categories. It's three best film nominations for Netflix. So that's got to feel pretty good for them. Yeah. What's the third one? Marriage Story, Irishman. What's the third? Dol- Dolomite is my name. Oh, Dolomite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like that movie. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I loved yeah. It. So uh, a few a few interesting snubs uh, to kind of talk about. Robert De Niro for The Irishman, he missed at the Golden Globes and he missed at SAG this morning. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, that's I, a big I shock. just don't understand it. He is, his performance in The Irishman, as we discussed, is restrained for sure. I don't know if he's got a lot of people that are mad at him for something, but it seems to be, I, I don't know. Do you have any, well, I don't know, I don't get it. Well, the, 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 you said are a lot of people mad at him. So that was one theory a, a friend of mine, Michael Schwartz, uh, pointed out that a lot of people were angry at Robert De Niro. Uh, when He received the Cecil B. DeMille Award for, for the Globes a few years back. And he, in his speech, he kind of mocked the HFPA. Um, and so uh, the, it seemed like they were mad at him for that. Like he missed nominations for Silver Linings Playbook and stuff as, as a result or people thought that as a result. And so uh, he thought maybe maybe he missed out because they were still mad about that. But then De Niro missed SAG this morning too. So wow. I, I don't I don't really know. I, it's kind of inexplicable. Like, so both Pacino and Pesci were nominated at the Globes and at SAG. Right. Um, wow. So there's, there's so there's no competition among uh, among De Niro for, for a nomination. So wow. I, I re- it's really is- it's kind of inexplicable. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did I, about as well as you could do with how his character was written. Yeah. Yeah, and and you can't blame it on like the de aging or anything because, like I said, Pacino and Pesci both got in. So, right. So, you I mean, know, it was it was a fairly convincing, and by convincing, I mean not convincing at all. Scene when he beat up that guy. <laughs> right, right. If you yeah. go back and watch that, I'm like, he's barely moving, but he's beating <laughs> exactly. that guy up. But whatever. <laughs> So I don't know. I can't explain it. My gut right now, there's still, uh, we still have uh, like a month or so until the Oscar nominations, but I think De Niro is still safe for a nomination, but, uh, but man, he, he's, uh, it's a rough start to the season for him for sure. Um, Wow. So uh, Little Women uh, underperformed here. uh, And then it also underperformed at the SAG awards as well. Really Saoirse Ronan got a nomination at the Globes and, that's the only nomination it got across uh, and it, it got best score at the globes as well, but a uh, nomination there. But other than that, 
it didn't get any other nominations at the Globes or at SAG. So uh, Florence Pugh was ho- hoping for a supporting actress nomination, and you know, of course, a best drama nomination would have been good. Uh, but yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't score in either place. So that's wow. not a good start. It's, it's probably because the movie's arriving pretty late. It hasn't yeah. hasn't even come out yet. But uh, but yeah, it's a really phenomenal movie. Uh, so I'm 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 really surprised actually. I thought people would respond really well to it. So we'll see as as the movie starts to starts to uh, you know come out wider. We'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit uh, did did pretty solid today. Uh, Roman Griffin Davis got got in for the Glo- Golden Globes. That's pretty solid. But uh, but yeah, what do, what do you guys think? Anything else stand out to you guys? What you just said, I love that kid's performance in Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit is uh, going to solidly be in my top 10 of the year. And mm-hmm. his performance, I think, is just stellar. Very complex line that he has to tow. Well, the whole film has to tow. But I thought, I don't know. Do you know how old he is, Daniel? I, I don't. I don't off the top of my head, but no. He, he just comes across his performance. It embodies this. And I know April hasn't seen it, so I don't want to spoil it. But yeah. it just embodies this. Uh, misguided idealism in the way that uh, you would expect from a boy his age in that film. And I just thought his performance was fantastic. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy that he got nominated and that Jojo Rabbit is getting at least some love. Yes. And he is 12 years old, by the way. Gotcha. Which is pretty great. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about today uh, for award season stuff is, is Parasite. So uh, obviously we, we have talked about Parasite on this show. Uh, foreign language films aren't able to be nominated for the best overall film categories, but they are able to be nominated for the rest of the categories at the Globes. So Parasite did get a Best Director nomination. It got a Best Screenplay nomination. And then, of course, nomination for Best Foreign Language Film. Um, And then at the SAGs this morning, it got nominated for Best Ensemble, which is only the second foreign language film to do that after Life is Beautiful. So, y'all, Parasite's the real deal. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw uh, director Bong Joon Ho. He, he was on Jimmy Fallon uh, like I yesterday, I think, and like so charming, even really through funny. using a translator. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Parasite is in it to win it this year. I don't know. I, I, uh, I they are. It's really overperforming. Everybody seems to love the movie, so. I'm starting to wonder. I think right now... Daniel, I'm, sounds like you're about to drink the Kool-Aid. Mm. I'm predicting that Bong Joon-ho, as of right now, plenty of time to change, but as of this moment, I think Bong Joon-ho could win Best Director. Wow. Uh, and then I think Parasite has a legitimate shot at winning Best Picture. Okay. Um, wow. But uh, they, they are campaigning the heck out of that thing. And uh, as they seems should. to love the movie. Like nobody really seems to dislike it. So yeah. I think it'll do well on the preferential ballot. So April, are you sure you anyway. didn't dislike it? You've been disliking lots of things. Lately. No, I actually, uh, Parasite was one of the ones I liked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <So>. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, so that, that kind of wraps up our Golden Globes and Screen Actors Guild nomination uh reactions definitely let us know what you thought we're also going to have an update to our award season game on our next show uh, i didn't have time to tally up our points yet but um i'm going to do that for our next our, our our next episode so uh i'll have an update on our points from these golden globe nominations and uh, we'll keep updating you on that throughout award season and with that we are going to move into reviewing one of these awards movies a movie that got a few nominations today and uh, at the globes and that is netflix's marriage story what i love about nicole she is a mother who plays really plays what i love about charlie he loves being a dad he loves all the things you're supposed to hate like waking up at night she knows when to push me and when to leave me alone he never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do dad you 
too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very, very competitive. competitive. So I'll tell Charlie what's happening, and Cassie, you then hand him the envelope. I just get nervous. Can you unserve? What do you mean, like take it back? Charlie and I are getting a divorce, Mom. You can't be friends with him anymore. Dreamer! Charlie Bird! <laughs> Mom! <laughs> Mom? <laughs> Mom! What? And that was from the trailer of Marriage Story, the new film by Noah Baumbach. He is known for a very a naturalistic exploration of many themes related to divorce and loss and lots of things that aren't necessarily pleasant to sit through. Uh, he really kind of broke onto the scene. He wrote The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Uh, it did Squid in the Whale, Margot at the Wedding. He directed Francis Ha. In 2017 for Netflix, he did The Meyerowitz Stories, which was an exploration of some kind of uncomfortable subject matter. And for sure, uh, a lot of people are talking about how good, quote unquote, this film is while at the same time expressing a desire to never watch it again. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are lots of people who have said that they won't watch it because it hits a little bit too close to home. I don't think it's a spoiler to say mm -hmm. that marriage story isn't really a story of marriage uh, mm -hmm. as much as it is about the story of a marriage falling apart. The IMDb description reads, Noah Baumbach's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family trying to stay together. It, this is a film that just, uh, I think it got six nominations, five or six nominations at the Golden Globes. It's going to get nominated in several categories uh, at the Oscars, or I, at least I believe it will. Mm -hmm. It is anchored by two powerhouse performances by mm -hmm. both uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. And it is available on Netflix now. Is this one of those films that even if it's uncomfortable or sad or depressing subject matter, do you think that this film does enough to warrant sitting through it as an experience? Is the experience on the other side worth it? And so I'll couch my question that way. And we'll start with you, April. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think about Marriage Story? And is it worth the sit? Okay, so... Marriage Story, I was very, I was really looking forward to this film after all the buzz that it has been getting and that the, just, I mean, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, the, I did see the trailers a while back and I was, I was in. The performances in this are amazing. I do think if you are just, like, I almost think the performances would be worth the watch. I will say, though, my husband at one, like, had to pause it several times throughout the movie. And at one point, he was literally, my, my husband is a, he's an artist, he's a film director, so he can be a little dramatic. He literally gets on the floor and is, like, almost in the fetal position just going, I hate this, I hate this. Like, I'm not even kidding, that actually <laughs> happened. And, like, yelling at the TV, like, why don't you talk to each other? <laughs> um, so anyway, it can be frustrating. Um, I found myself frustrated in very, um, very few moments. Ugh. I found myself frustrated several times throughout the film, um, just with the storyline. So I, here's the thing. I am not surprised, not one of the people that actually really loved this film. And are we going to go into spoilers later? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. So I have s some more specific reasons for why I didn't necessarily love the film. Um, I think it's a, it's a very intimate look at a relationship and he captures the emotion and the feelings uh, really well and it's acted I mean incredibly but I think there's something missing in this film there's there was something the whole time that I just that just wasn't quite included that made the whole storyline just feel a little bit empty to me 
Um, and I can go on when we get to spoilers, explain exactly what that is. Um, I will say though, my, I think my favorite part about this film is uh, Merritt Weaver who plays the sister in it. There's like a scene in this yeah. that I was laughing out loud. <laughs> I think she brought some much needed, much needed um, levity and comic relief. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think the first half of the film was, was almost, it was painful, but it was almost enjoyable. They, they did, he did a good job of putting some um, levity and just some humor in there to where it didn't feel so heavy. But then the second half of the film, it was definitely more just heavy. I think if, if you're someone who has experienced kind of a more amicable divorce firsthand, it might be worth maybe a, in a way a healing thing just to sit through and maybe feel like, I don't know, garner up your own feelings. It's almost like a counseling session. Or if you just want to watch really good acting. But other than that, it was quite, it was, it was hard to watch. It was not my favorite. I didn't necessarily love the messaging in it either. Hmm. Um, but I'm also a big proponent of marriage and I don't, Anyway, I, I feel like I can't really say anything unless we're in spoilers. So anyway, that that's my spoiler-free response. If that if I even made sense, I don't know. Okay, so that April, sense. yeah, April <laughs> is continuing her streak of not liking movies <laughs> that everybody else likes. No, okay. I liked Knives Out last week. <laughs> oh, that's so. true. That is true. Oh, very much you did. That's true. Yes. Okay, so it sounds like uh, it's worth it to you, but with some maybe some not caveats. for everybody. Yeah, yes. not for not for everybody. Daniel, okay, so same question to you. What was your overall take on Marriage Story, and do you think it's worth the endurance test that it requires to watch it? Well, when the trailer, well, two trailers came out for Marriage Story, I think I, I remember sending it in our, in our screeners Slack channel and said something along the lines of, I think the chances of this being my favorite movie of the year is 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is so very much my thing. I'm not, I'm not sure I could have been poised uh, to love it more. And I do love it. Uh, but uh, let me definitely make that clear. Uh, it's not my favorite movie of the year, but it's it's still a phenomenal uh, work of art. Uh, it's a, it's a, such a humane movie, if that makes sense. It's just so deeply human. And, um, and that's definitely painful and it's definitely hard to watch. But there's no question that you're watching something that literally millions of people have gone through. And so it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable for sure. But it's, it's definitely worth the journey. Uh, I've seen the movie twice now, once in, once in theaters and once at home. And, and I think a second viewing was really helpful for me. I think the second time I watched this film, I think I knew what I was getting into a little bit more. Um, and I was, hmm. it wasn't as hard to watch the second time, knowing the way things played out, there wasn't as much of a tension in that way. Um, still tense and still, you know, still uncomfortable decisions, but it, it, I was able to really process the emotions more this time, uh, the second time around. And I think this movie is so beautifully written. It's beautifully acted. It's just so open. The hardest part of this film is how tragic it is. Um, watching a, a marriage fall apart is so upsetting for everyone uh, especially for their kid it's so heartbreaking and it made me angry at times because they could have done things differently or just spoke up here or there or, or wasn't passive they, they weren't passive aggressive maybe things would be easier in certain places it's so frustrating and, and not saying that that would have fixed you know these little things would have fixed everything but it, it's just often frustrating to watch people make bad decisions or for somebody's mm -hmm. life to, to fall apart or at least change, if not fall apart, but uh, you know uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not going well. And so 
definitely frustrating at times. But all that said, the crazy thing about this movie is how hilarious it is. This movie is really funny. There's a lot of humor in this movie. Um, and I think that's part of how well-written it is. The humor is so well-balanced within the tragedy of it all. And I think a lot of that is also to great performances. Um, uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are sensational. I mean, really, they, they, they feel yeah. like they are really these people. At times, they are funny. At times, they are sweet. At times, they are furious at each other at times they they're trying to put on a good face for their son or for other people uh when they really just want to scream at each other and and you really feel all of those emotions at every time so one thing i appreciate about this movie and we are definitely going to discuss this more um but what i appreciate about the movie is how fair it is i've seen a lot of people online debate whose side the film takes more you know is it is it more fair to charlie is it more fair to nicole does it paint one you know, as a, as a more guilty party than the other. And, and there were times where I thought it was more fair to driver's character, but honestly, at the end of the day, I I really feel it is, it is a very fair film. This isn't a movie about, Hey, look at how this husband screwed up so bad and ruined a marriage or vice versa. It's really just about these two people who it's just not working out and they need to figure out how to, how to move to the next phase of their lives. And I, I will say I I share April's uh, uh, passion for marriage. Uh, um, all three of us on this show are married. None of the three of us have been divorced. Um, so I'm sure that that experience colors the way you watch this film. Yeah. Um, for me, I also don't have a lot of divorce in my family. And so I think that definitely changes things as well. But not having that personal experience, I still really loved this film a lot because even though it does divorce hasn't affected me too personally. It's clearly something that people go through every day. And that so many people that all of us know have gone through it or their parents went through it or whatever. And so I think the, the way this movie is written, I think that IMDb description was accurate is very compassionate. I always love when an IMDb description um, tells you what you're going to think of the film. I think it's great. Yeah, it is very compassionate and that's the best part of it. So uh, I've talked for a long time. I, I really loved this movie. I think it is phenomenal. Definitely hard to watch. Definitely not for everyone. And and your relationship to divorce may make this even harder to watch. But it's definitely worth it, for sure. Okay, so a very strong recommend, despite the subject matter. That's excellent. Excellent review, Daniel. I am someone who has been impacted by divorce uh, in my family. And I also have a son who is within three months of being the same age as the boy hmm. that is in this movie. Hmm. So I was in the, I was in the danger zone within about 15 yeah. <laughs> minutes of this movie starting. And I thought, Oh no, this movie is going to wreck me for the next two and a half hours. And to some degree it did. I very much agree with what you, what you said, Daniel, and what you said, April about there is, it's complicated messaging from the standpoint of, you know, we talked about Joker with you, Daniel, you and obviously mm-hmm. this is the different kind of thing, but you felt that the messaging was somewhat troublesome in that film. I think the subtext here, it, this marriage to me appears like it could be saved. Hmm. We'll talk about that specifically in spoilers, but we've all said it that we just wish they would have talked to each other or done this or said this or whatever. And so underneath all of this, that always bubbles because we've seen 
depictions of relationships in crisis in other films that were not salvageable or that shouldn't be saved for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, And this one did not strike me as that. That being said, this movie for me was... I don't know any other way to say it except to say that I I think that this film is exquisite in every single way. Mm. I think it is magnificent. I think the writing in this movie is brilliant. I think the performances, the two performances in here, and and not just the emotional kind of showpiece moments that you know are going to eventually happen in this film. Not even that. It's just in the way that this movie highlights the different aspects of what it's like to go through something like this that very often could seem small or insignificant, but that actually do the most damage or cause the most complications. And when you see somebody, you would have no idea that it's going on in their lives. It's just bubbling beneath the surface, just little things like paperwork and who hands who what and what you're supposed to do and having to meet with a counselor and meet with a mediator and all these little things. I think it's exquisitely crafted. It's the story is told in a way. I loved the open. I I adored the opening in the way that they it's, I think it's one of my favorite uses of exposition without it feeling like it's exposition. I mean, it's a cheat to be fair. It's a cheat to get us uh, a quick information dump about who these characters are, but it pays off. Um, And we'll talk about that uh, again in spoilers, but Overall, I have to say that this movie is absolutely, I love this movie. I cried. I was angry. I was happy. I agree, Daniel, this movie is hilarious. I mean, there are some legitimately mm. hilarious lines of dialogue and performances, and it's, it's heartbreaking to see this, and it's especially interesting the way, without, without turning this into a therapy session, you know, my parents, uh, I'm the oldest of six children, and my youngest brother is 18 years younger than I am, so I was a freshman in college when he was born, and wow. my parents divorced the year after he was born. So he was almost two. I was a sophomore and we have, I have brothers all the way down the chain as far as ages. Seeing this film and the way that it depicts what each parent does to try and protect the child and to try and do what they think is best for the child while at the same time trying to protect their own interests hit me in such a way that I I don't believe I've ever seen a film that was as authentic and as real in its depiction of how those interactions play out where you say one thing to one parent and a completely different thing to the other parent just because you want them to know that you still love them, right? And Mm -hmm. so so I'm getting emotional, sorry. But you want them to know that you still love them and that you're not picking sides, right? And so this film, for me, is so authentic and wonderful in the way that it shows that. Now, it's obviously difficult to to see. It's obviously difficult to watch when you've been impacted that way. And what I try to do is I have this rule where I'm like, just because I get emotional or cry or get excited about something, that in and of itself doesn't mean that the film is good. So going into this one, I already had my... um, 
my shield up. Okay, I know I'm going to probably get emotional, and that doesn't mean that this is a good movie. But in the case of, of Marriage Story, I think it is. I think this movie mm. is expertly crafted. It is authentic. The, the characters don't feel like characters. They feel like real people. Mm. It, the movie feels lived in. I saw that they, this movie was shot on um, 35 millimeter film. So it has this kind of organic grain to it. It feels lived in. It f- just feels like you're just spending time with these people and you just want them to work it out. So all that to say, this movie is fighting for my top picture of the year today. Now, I've only, mm. I only saw it yesterday, and so uh, I still have to, to revisit it. But I think that it, it portrays this experience in a way that does not feel manipulative while at the same time conveying things, you know, like you said, Daniel, that millions of people have had to, had to deal with. So I, it is hard to talk about some of the specific things, especially some of the, because it's not a perfect movie. There are mm-hmm. some things that I feel like some opportunities that were missed and some things that were a little convenient, but overall, my emotional response to it is what it is. And I don't think it's just because of my experience with divorce. I think it's because this film is put together masterfully and the Mm. performances are so good that I would think even if, even if you think it would be really hard for you to sit through, I think that the performances are so strong that it's worth it just for that. That being said, anything else that you guys want to talk about before we jump into spoilers and make our recommendations? So you mentioned that this film was shot on 35 millimeter film. This is just an aside. This really doesn't have anything to do with the movie itself. But I I did see this projected on 35 millimeter film in in a theater. Nice. I I gotta say, not a fan. Really? Uh, Yeah, uh, not a fan. Was it a brightness issue or a grain issue or what was uh, it? All of the above. So um, I saw this in uh, when it was on one screen in LA. It was playing on one theater. And the one screen that is playing on in the entire West Coast, it was super grainy. Like there's a line through the entire print. Yeah. Um, and the audio quality wasn't great. Um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was super, super grainy, yep. uh, a little bit shaky print for sure. And obviously I understand that, you know, I'm, I'm used to the, um, you the, young the kids clarity. and lasers, <laughs> the laser hey, yeah. beams, but look, it's, it looks better. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? that's true. Do you know when you saw that in the run, Daniel, like how long it had been opening there? weekend? Well, that makes no sense. Then. That's what wrong? I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, and it literally was playing, it was playing in one theater in New York and one theater in LA, literally nowhere else on earth was it playing. (laughs) And that's the print that I saw. That just makes no sense. That's what I'm saying. I have a long history in my childhood of unfortunately getting to like the third and fourth week run and then going to see a film and it's literally falling apart in front of your eyes. But there's no, there's no excuse for that. But, well, that's a yeah. bummer. That is a bummer. So, so that's what I'm saying. I just, you know, uh, the movie, it, that's why I think a second viewing really helped too. So yeah. Uh, and the second viewing was actually on DVD. So it also still wasn't uh, like. <laughs> so you still haven't seen it. So I still haven't seen <laughs> that, it like true, true clarity. But That's true. I watched it on yeah. Netflix on a 4K monitor. It looked great. Well, okay. That, then let's go around. There's not really a, I th- there's not a recommendation. It's on Netflix or it's not. But it does sound like even April, who is probably the least positive still think that it's worth seeing based on your tolerance for the subject matter. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, then let's jump into spoilers for Marriage Story. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. 
Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Okay, April, let's go back to you and let's talk about this thing that you feel like was missing from the film. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very curious what you're talking about. Okay. So first of all, I feel like I should preface this by saying I, like Daniel, I don't really have any personal experience with divorce. Like my parents stay together, my grandparents stay together, my husband's parents stay together. So I don't, I've never been, I've had friends that have divorced distantly, but I've never been personally impacted. So I feel like had that, if I had that experience, I may have felt I may have felt more in like the little moments. Sure. Anyway, so just to throw that out there, my biggest thing that I feel like was missing from this film the most was that uh, they pretty much start the film where their marriage has mostly already fallen apart. And you only hear about what her problem with the marriage was secondhand, like from word of mouth. You don't ever see it. And to me, I never fully because of that was never fully in on her reasons. Like I understand what she said and, and they like brushed over that he had an affair, but anyway, I just never fully bought her reasons. And I, I actually, I think personally, I thought that, um, Bombach's bias came through pretty clearly on the side of Adam driver. Cause this is loosely based on his first marriage where he was a director and married an actress. And um, they had Jason Lee. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I mean, when I, when the film ended, I walked away thinking she just got really selfish suddenly and wanted and like, wasn't even willing to work on it. And he came across the total victim to me. And so knowing that there had to have been more that we just weren't privy to seeing, I felt that was lacking totally because I don't think that was, I don't think her character was developed enough emotionally or maybe not emotionally, but just logically or reasonably that it it just didn't work for me. I just felt like, like we saw a lot of the divorce. We saw a lot of the messiness. We didn't really see other than that opening two monologues, any of the joy really, except that they had a kid and I don't know, like I I just never felt the stakes were that they were high enough or made enough sense for them to be doing what they were doing with the kid. And I don't know. It's just like, why don't you just work it out? Like it it didn't seem like a big enough issue compared to like other, like there's been other films and, and the people that I do know that have been divorced, they were like major issues. And maybe that is part of the beauty and the humanity is sometimes, you know, some of the worst pains come in the little things. And I, and I get that, but to me, that didn't come across. And, and maybe since I haven't personally experienced divorce, those little things didn't affect me. Like maybe like they did you, Chad, or, you know, someone else. Like, so to me, I was just more logis- logistically thinking, okay, this, this, nothing big enough has really happened to warrant this. And she comes, she uproots, moves to LA, which her family's from, which makes sense. But she all but destroyed his life, um, Adam Driver's character, not that he's innocent in it, but I don't think they really showed regardless. She ends up being rewarded 
for that. And I think it was super on the nose and just too easy that she won an Emmy for directing. Winning an Emmy for directing is really hard. Like, I don't know. I just felt like she, she really, not that there's anything wrong with choosing your career over your family, but that's what she did. And I guess he did too, to a degree, but I don't, I didn't like the messaging of she just decided that she was going to do this and it worked out for her, which I know that's how life is, but I, I just, the message kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Well, I do think, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. I, I, two things. That one, I think that um, I kind of appreciated that there wasn't a big thing. Like there wasn't a big, massive reason for divorce because even though, like I, I, I'm with you, like I, I, I'm a big favor of avoiding divorce at all costs and, and, and trying to work things out. But the, the reality is, as, as we all know, so many couples don't do that, right? Like th- that's right. the reality. And so I think that I appreciated that it didn't take, I, I, I don't know a better way to say than the easy way out of making it like a big thing that happened yeah. or abuse or, you know, what like drinking problem or something like that. Um, it was just, they grew apart because that's harder. Like that's just, that's Mm -hmm. harder to navigate than just, oh yeah, well he's abusive. So obviously we're going to get a divorce. Like I appreciated that. The other side of things, um, talking about, uh, the messaging of it being fair or not to her. I, I do think, I don't think it sends the message that it's okay to, to choose your career over your family. I don't think it sends that message because uh, yeah, she is rewarded literally with with an award uh, at at the end. But I think the film breaks the audience, you know, throughout throughout the, the rest of the film. I think it clearly shows that this sucks. Like I don't think anybody can walk mm-hmm. away from this going like, yeah, that's great. Like good, they got a divorce. Yeah, like yeah, everything's good now. Like like the ending of the movie is still very sad um even though it's happier and they've kind of worked things out and they're figuring out how to live live from from now on as as these two two families you know you know whatever co-parents i guess whatever it is it's still very sad so i don't think there's i don't think that this film really uh sends the message that all of this is okay I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Chad? The very first jaunt that we get down uh, the backstory where she sits down, where Johansson's character sits down and is talking with her attorney. And we start to hear her perspective on what happened. Because mm-hmm. um, that's really the first time that we get that. And the, the, the lawyer literally says, what happened? Uh, and then she gives this great monologue. The beginning of that monologue, I got worried because I felt like this is setting her character up to be the one that's at fault because it goes through this whole thing. And at first it seems small and petty and selfish. I mean, I'm just being very honest. It came across to me because she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want my own thing and I want to do this and I need to have, I felt small and I need to have, you said we could go to LA and I, you know, I could have been a TV star. All things that you would have talked about before you got married where it's like, let's figure Let's figure this out. But what I think this movie does brilliantly, it immediately starts to subvert what it's set up with that monologue for the rest of the film as it begins to show that both of these parties treated each other horrifically and that all of the things that she said that he did to control her or to or to not be honest with her in the marriage and the fact that 
he had an affair, even if it was a one-time fling kind of thing. All of those things, um, I think, are balanced fairly well because then you also see uh, how she treated him. There are little lines where it's like, you stopped having sex with me. You were making me sleep on the couch. You hated me. You hated being with me, right? It's all of these, you resented me throughout our marriage. All of those things, I think, are, are played out fairly. And so it didn't strike me as one-sided or the other. It didn't strike me as an unfair balance. And I, I didn't, I was worried at the beginning that it was going to try to make one side more right than the other. But then the more time that we spend with Adam Driver's character, the more that we see that this relationship was broken. I do still have the same problem towards, towards the end with none of these problems seem like they could not have been overcome. Yeah. Uh, and so that the ultimate message of this movie, then I have to step back and ask myself, well, what is it trying to say? Because it does show at the end that she's moved on with her life. He's beginning to move on with his life. He's taken an, a thing. Uh, uh, he's taken a gig at UCLA. And now all these things are starting to, to be happy, not happy, but they've been, been able to process their life. And yes, that's authentic. And that's true. People get divorced for a lot less less than what this couple did. Mm -hmm. And so that message is a little troubling to me. Now, I, one thing that I do think is different about this movie than the average person is these are people that are both artists. He's a, yeah. you know, he's a, a theater director and she's an actress and they have money and access to, to legal teams that most people could never dream to have. Right. And then they also have the ability to fly across from New York to, you know, to LA back and forth and to, they live a different lifestyle than most people lead. Mm -hmm. And so the things that are important to them probably don't translate to your average person. Yeah. So while when she gives this monologue about how I needed to have my own thing and be in Los Angeles as someone who's just a, a normal working person, you would say, well, that seems ridiculous and selfish to them in this world that they've created. I think that's just who they are. And that mm -hmm. is to them. That's because the infidelity to them is almost a secondary kind of thing. They don't even really, they're mad that it happened, but it's not the thing. The right. thing is they weren't able to create and be their own entity. These two stars circling each other. Yeah. I just, it's still, I don't know. I, I think too, because so my husband and I, he's a, he's a film professor, but he's also a film director. And then I produce film. So we are both in the same kind of creative world together and we were just watching it. And like, I just, I don't know, especially once you have a kid, I don't like, to me, it was just like, you're, you have a kid, like just, you know, I don't know. Just, I don't think this film uh, makes any excuses for the selfishness there. I think this yeah. film shows I agree. their selfishness. So like, I, I agree with you, April, like, like they, they could have done more and they should have done more. Right. And they well, didn't. And, and I think the film condemns but, them for that. Yeah, and you may be right, but I, I think too going back to the biasness is, uh, or to me, it's the she never came across at any point in this film that she was willing to work on it where his mm. character did, yeah. and so that right there, regardless of who did the worst thing or not, he really wanted to make it work. And if you look at it, she decided one day to like she moved to LA and did all her thing, and she got everything she wanted. He ended up moving to LA too. Like yeah. he gave up everything because. Yeah. Out of, out of trying to work it out and she did not the only thing that i would disagree there with you a little bit april is i don't think he wanted to make it work i think he was forced to make it work when 
and this is where the selfishness comes through is that they know that the only thing that's going to move the needle with either of them is leveraging their son against the other. And they both act horribly when they do that. But I, I think, I think there's a couple of scenes in there where Adam driver's character, especially when they have the big confrontation in his apartment there, which my goodness, I can't imagine being that for those performances, how oh, yeah. just unbelievably stellar it was. Yeah. And I wept, I absolutely wept at Adam Driver's breakdown at the end. But yeah. the things that they say to each other, it gives you, you get a progression of what they have been through and what they have felt towards each other. And I think even though Adam Driver has the big breakdown at the end, both of those performances are just sizzling and we hear him say things uh, or hear her say things to him about how he promised her that this would happen and this would happen. And then he never had any intention of doing it. And then he admits to it in that saying, no, we're a New York family. We're supposed to stay in New York and this is supposed to be about me. And the only reason you wanted me to even do this pilot was so that I could funnel the money back into your uh, or our uh, theater company. And so those kinds of things, I think that he would have been absolutely fine to just continue to live their their yeah. life if she would have just continued to be subservient, if you will, to whatever his vision was. Right. So I, I do think that's where it gets complicated because I yeah. don't think he did it out of any magnanimous feeling. I think that when she said, the only thing that will work is for me to leave, and if that means I take my son, then so be it that is the thing that shocked his system. Yeah, and I think you may be right, but even even though it was a shock to its system, he still at that point decided to try to make it work. But I think, honestly, I think what would have saved this film for me would have just been one scene of her talking to him about wanting to go to LA or whatever. Because all we get is just her telling her lawyer about that she said this to him. Right. But we never actually saw him respond in, in like the hateful or the demeaning way that she said he did. And I think if I would have seen that, it would have made a lot more sense to me, but because I, I didn't, it was just secondhand. It, I also think that would have made it too easy for you though. That's my, that's my thing. I think because we didn't see any of the actual conflict, uh, we didn't see any, we only saw the brief moments of happiness that they were reflecting on in their letters. Mm-hmm. We never saw any of their real marriage. And so I think that 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 creates an even handedness because we don't know. Like we can only judge from how they're acting now. We can't look at it and go, no, look, look at how he was acting or look how she was acting. Um, We're not able to judge their marriage for ourselves. We can only judge this aftermath that we're watching. So I think it that kind of creates an even handedness. Uh, in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but you're, you're legitimate. Uh, your feelings are legitimate, April. I just, I understood why those decisions were made and it didn't bother me as much as it did for you. But before we, uh, before we wrap up here, I do think there are a couple things I do want to highlight. One, Adam Driver's performance of the song being alive at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. yeah oh my good. goodness. Give him all the awards right it's now. So I mean, mm-hmm. it was breathtakingly, uh, mag- uh, just magnificent on every level. And, even though it was kind of obvious and a little convenient, the end where the son is trying to read the the letter that she wrote that we oh, heard yeah. at the beginning, it I loved it. It just completely worked. And his performance, when he's reading it and he gets choked up and then it cuts to, to Johansson's character and she's in tears, oh, it's yeah. just, it it's just masterful stuff. Yeah. It's just absolutely it's, masterful. Yeah, stuff. I will say it's very... 
it's emotional. Like it, it, I mean, even though I didn't necessarily love it, I, I felt it like it was, yeah. it's a yeah. heavy film. Yeah. And I love that. I love the little touch of her tying his shoe at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so simple and beautiful. It's, it's the one act of kindness that I think we actually see in the entire film that they have mm-hmm. towards each other. And so uh, you, it's just that one little beautiful moment that says, maybe they can at least be civil uh, and be yeah. kind. Well, and also she cut his hair earlier. Yeah. Yes. And that was, before. and that yeah. look, that long look they had toward each other when the gate was closing. Mm-hmm. Remember that? that so yeah. as her gate was closing and then it cuts to, to them looking at each other. One thing that we haven't really talked about almost at all uh, are the lawyers. We like really haven't yeah. touched on that. Um, Laura Dern um, could very well win an Oscar for this role. Uh, she, by all accounts might be our front runner and so yeah what do you guys think about her performance i mean i thought she was great i mean she's pretty much great in everything she's been she's becoming one of my favorite actresses yeah the casting director ought to get all the awards for this because (laughs) i mean ray liotta phenomenal all of the all i don't think there's a bad performance anywhere the the crew the theater actors it's perfectly cast that's what i meant earlier when i said that the film feels like it's lived in is that very often we give a a film a lot of credit if it feels real and authentic, but it's usually based around a style or a performance or two. But this movie literally feels from top to bottom across all of the casting that it's just a real thing that we're happening. We happen to be a fly on the wall. Has she won an Oscar before Daniel? No. So this will definitely be the reason she is considered a front runner right now is a lot of, uh, it's just, it's kind of a career thing, right? She's never won. She's been nominated. I think, three times. Uh, and, and so it's kind of a career thing. My thing with this, if she was to win an award for this, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, I don't watch the, I didn't watch the movie and go, Oh wow. This, this is one of the greatest supporting actresses performances right. of the Agreed. year. Like she totally Agreed. deserves an Oscar. But I think I love that. Well, one of the reasons I, f- I felt that way is because she's also very similar to Renata from, from big little lies. Yes. Very um, similar. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why I was like, uh, I mean, it's gr- It's a phenomenal performance. But the reason I am kind of down with her winning is that, first of all, we almost never get comedic performances winning Oscar or even nominated for Oscars for that matter, but much less winning. And so I'd love that. And it's just Laura Dern should have an Oscar. Like, that's great. So, yeah. Uh, Speaking of Oscars, what do you guys think? Adam Driver or Joaquin Phoenix for Joker? If it's up to me, it's Adam Driver. But it's not what do you think, me. Daniel? I so obviously. No, wait, I love no, hold on. Let, let me qualify this. This is me picking, not what yeah, yeah, I think yeah. will actually happen. Absolutely, ah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, as far as my personal preferences, uh, I clearly love Marriage Story so much more than Joker as a film. Uh, I'm torn. I really need to watch Joker a second time. I think I want to say Joaquin Phoenix just because his performance is just insane in that yeah. movie, literally. And so. Um, I think I would prefer Joaquin Phoenix and I just really want Joaquin Phoenix to win an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, as far as actual predictions, not preferences, I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to sweep everything this year. So we'll yeah. see what happens. What about you, April? I agree. I think Joaquin Phoenix gets it. I mean, that was just, that's like a once in a lifetime performance. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Adam Driver, man, the any other is, is the, any Yeah, other Joaquin year. Phoenix is performing. And listen, I am on record as saying Joaquin Phoenix may be the greatest actor working today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That film as as nuanced as it 
thinks it is. It really <laughs> is not, but it's kind of manic all the way. And Adam Driver in this movie takes you on such a roller coaster of emotions and doesn't even, he feels like a person, not an actor, not a character. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that, that Joaquin Phoenix is acting with a capital A. Like yeah, he is no like doubt. doing it. But Adam Driver, <laughs> Adam Driver is so, <laughs> he's, Adam Driver is just subtle and he is yeah. real. Like Joaquin Phoenix's performance is amazing, but it's never sure. really, it's not real, but it's right. phenomenal. But so Adam Driver just feels so real. So but either of them, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with either of those choices. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson, she's going to get her first uh, first nomination. Well, I don't want to jinx her, but yeah, uh, she's going to get her first nomination for this, which is which as is she should. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. This just the little scenes like where where they're they're laying on the bed and they're reading. Is it Stuart Little? Yeah. Uh, and the, she's, the, the tear comes out while she's staring while uh, I forgot how the book ended <laughs> because it's kind of dark about them. Like, yeah. It's just, and it's not, again, it's not just the showy pieces. It's, it's, it's the little moments of humanity in between that, uh, that really solidify her performance and, as well. She goes toe to toe with all, with Adam driver all, the whole way. And the camera work is amazing. So, some of that, like that framing of that scene in the bed where they're reading the book, it's so like, it's like, it's just so, what are the words I'm trying to say here? It's just so impactful. Just her looking off to the side. Mm-hmm. You have their son in the middle lying on yep. his stomach and then Adam Driver in the back reading it. It's just, this canted it's so angle. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. So this movie is really tragic and upsetting often, but I think that's the point. Um, I yeah. think it's supposed to be those things. And and it really got me. And this is the type of movie that as we've been talking, the more we're talking about this, like the more I love it. <laughs> like it's oh, just, um, yeah. it's just I, I, it makes me appreciate the film so much more. Yeah. It was the same thing for me is that at first I, I had to get away from the, just the raw emotion of it mm-hmm. after it was over. But the more I reflect on it, the more I read about it and the more that I, I think on it, the higher it goes up on my list. So it, it just as knives that knives out is a contender for your number ones for you two. This one is, this one's in the top two or three for me for sure yeah. as of today. So uh, anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? Don't think so. It's no, gonna, we're going to be talking going to be talking a lot more about this as uh, award season keeps going because it is definitely it's going to get quite a few nominations. Excellent. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. And we hope that you'll join us next week. We're going to review Jumanji, The Next Level. It's going to be a good time. Have a good week. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.